listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome back to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode 45. And we're concluding our series on Guido and Marizo DeAngelis, a.k.a. Oliver Onions, this time out. I was considering last episode whether I was going to do a couple more episodes or just one big one, and I figured, you know what, I'm just going to take basically everything I have that I've collected that was left and just make one big supersized episode for you guys out there. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. I really enjoyed looking for this stuff, especially the stuff that shows up on this episode. It took me down some neat rabbit holes. Hopefully that does the same for you. It was a little bit of an adventure, I must say. Anyway, you're probably going to hear some background noise uh, every time I come on. Uh, probably hear my fan in the background. You'll probably hear the traffic in the open window beside me because it's a warm day and I don't need to make it any hotter by having my window closed and my fan off while I'm trying to record this stuff in front of a big monitor that is pumping out heat as well. So there you go. Sorry about that, but I am going to try to be as brief as possible uh, when I keep piping in here and just going to let the music play for the most part and let's get into it. So First off, we're going to look at Sequence 1 and Timmy DeLora from My Father's Wife from 1976. This is also known as Confessions of a Frustrated Housewife. And it's a uh, sexy stepson fucks the stepmother kind of deal. Moving on from there, it's going to be the main theme from Cop in Blue Jeans from 1976. This is uh, Thomas Millian's first film in his long-running Nico Giraldi series, the uh, sort of action comedy Poliziotesques that he did, and uh, he did like 11 of them. They, they, they stretch right into the 80s. Like, if, if you want to look at, like, Poliziotesques that survived the 70s, that's kind of the series you want to look at, I guess. I, I've not seen a lot of the later ones. I've seen a couple of the ones from the 70s, but... Um, Overall, pretty good stuff. Jack Palance is in this one, and Thomas Millian sort of playing a, a riff off of uh, Serpico with, um, uh, what's his name, Al Pacino, that guy. Yeah, you know, that that uh, well-known actor, Al Pacino, that I suddenly blanked on. Then moving on, we're going to look at uh, Cassia Aliumo, uh, part one, and Il Grand Racket from uh, The Big Racket. And uh, Cassia Aliumo, which I'm probably totally butchering here, means manhunt. Big racket from 1976, really good Poliziotesque with Fabio Testi in it. Some pretty good stuff. It's probably my second favorite, honestly, after Street Law. And moving on from there, we're going to finish off this first block of songs with Annetta Leary from Du Sol uh, Piani Rotolo. Yeah, okay. Um, this is interesting because it has a uh, person who has been featured in one of our uh, Western episodes, uh, Rita Pavoni, doing the vocals here, and it's based on a successful play that was uh, shown in Italy. It has all the same cast, 
Um, it was written by Bruno Corbucci, uh, brother of Sergio, and um, the Italian translates to uh, Two on the Landing, uh, the name of the play, and Born Yesterday is the translation for the actual song title. Uh, so we're going to look at that stuff, then we're going to come back. Thank you. 
questa scusa più sicura Le carrieri, che bella età Dalla bere tutto va I pensieri tu non ce l'hai Se sei brava a farli ingenua È una tritata fingere di essere così Fai la tonta e tutto è ok Okay, coming back into it now. Next up, we have the main theme from Safari Express from 76. This is uh, Giuliano uh, Gemma and Ursula Andrus and Jack Palance sort of uh, comedy adventure film, I guess. There's a comedy monkey involved, so, you know, if there's a monkey involved, it's got to be funny. And probably not at all racially insensitive in some way or shape or form. And, of course, the animal probably wasn't abused because they'd never do that on an Italian production. But uh, this is the sequel to Africa Express from 75. Moving on. We have The Shadow of the Killer from Death Rage from 1976, and this is Yul Brenner's final film before he sort of retired from film acting. I think he'd really gotten sick by then, maybe. Uh, he died of cancer in, what, the early 80s, I think? Mid-80s, something like that? Um, interesting here. His co-star, uh, Barbara Boucher, did not get along with him at all. Apparently he was a real dick on the set of this one. So, uh, there you go. Then, it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. If you're a fan of the DeAngelis brothers, you knew this was going to come up. We've got Kioma from 1976. We've got Kioma Harmonica, which is just the, the Kioma theme song with a harmonica in it and no vocals. And then we have just Kioma, with vocals by Sybil and Guy, which of course is Susan Duncan Smith and Cesar Di Natale. And uh, either you love it or you really hate it. I'll let you decide 
which uh, side you fall upon. I think it's grown on me quite a bit, though. I quite like it. Um, then we move on to Ombres Del Mar, um, Aram Biagio, and Yara from the Black Cosair. And those titles translate to Men of the Sea, Boarding, and Wound, respectively. And the Black Cosair looks interesting, actually. I, I really like the soundtrack. I've never watched it, but the uh, pieces of the soundtrack that I've heard are really, really good. Um, but yeah, it looks like a pirate movie, basically. Swashbuckling pirate stuff. Looked pretty interesting. And then we're going to end off this block with... The main theme from Mr. Robinson from 1976, which is some sort of comedic, set in modern day Robinson Crusoe riff. Like a, a, some fat businessman type gets shipwrecked and basically has the same adventures that Robinson Crusoe had, I assume. I don't really know. Haven't watched it. But there we go. And after that, we'll be back with our next block of songs.
next block of songs before we take a quick break in the podcast here. Getting to the halfway point, about more or less. Um, we're going to look at Nadi Romane from Messalina Messalina from 1977. Um, Messalina, if you're not familiar, was the wife of Claudius, um, the Emperor Claudius in uh, old Roman times, third wife, uh, played by uh, Annika Di Lorenzo. And interestingly enough, she played this character a couple times, and I'll just get into that here real quick. Um, so this is a film that used the $20 million worth of sets and costumes from 1979's Caligula, which uh, was filmed in 76 itself, but kind of sat on the shelf for a few years before it finally got distributed. Um, and so basically, they thought Caligula was never going to, you know, happen. That uh, incredibly pornographic, pretty gross fucking film, honestly. They never thought it was actually going to get released, so they were like, we need to get some use out of all these sets and costumes we... Uh, you know, bought and built and shit. So let's uh, make another film, and we'll we'll make a more acceptable film. We'll make a uh, sort of softcore sex romp that has a little bit of violence at the end, like a surprising bit of violence happens at the end, where mostly it's just people fucking. Um, but yeah, so that's what they did. But uh, Di Lorenzo played Messalina in that and in Caligula, and uh, Nadi Romane. Uh, I'm probably saying that totally incorrectly, but it translates to Roman Knights. Then we're going to look at Wolf from A Man Called Blade from 1977. Uh, we got Cesar De Natale returning here to do the vocals, credited as Dandelion on this one. Um, this movie is also known as uh, Manaya, although it's sort of it's spelt Manaja. Uh, you might have seen that title floating around, but I guess it's pronounced Manaya, and it means hatchet. And it's got uh, Maurizio Merli uh, starring in this, who is a pretty famous... Uh, hey, that other guy who kind of looks like Franco Nero, let's stick him in all of our films. Although here he looks a lot more like um, Chuck Norris, honestly. <laughs> um, moving on. We got the main titles from Goodbye and Amen. Uh, which was some sort of CIA spy international intrigue film. I've not watched it, but it actually kind of looks interesting. Then we move on to Bulldozer from Bulldozer, 1978. This is a Bud Spencer vehicle, also known as Uppercut, where he fights. He's a football player who finds himself fighting mobsters, and I think they have like a big football game for some reason. Because, of course, why not? Then some more Bud Spencer, but uh, joined by his uh, friend Terrence Hill in this one. Brotherly Love from Odds and Evens from 78, which is a... Uh, I think Terrence Hill is the one who plays an agent who enlists his brother to help, like, uh, go undercover in, like, a gambling ring or something along those lines. Have not seen it, but it looks interesting. And then we're going to finish off this block with Killer Fish, instrumental from Killer Fish from 1979. Another sort of Jaws, Piranha, ripoff kind of thing uh, with Lee Majors and Karen Black, of all people. Actually, I think this is more like a Jaws and uh, The Deep kind of ripoff, uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly. 
But anyway, check those out, and we'll be back after our break for the second half of the show. Oh, 
My name is Matt, and I'm a humble court bailiff in a courtroom designed to bring musical justice to all. Each week, we have a podcast with a judge and a jury, and we determine whether a song is guilty, not guilty, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, something like, uh... Or maybe it's a cover of Tom Petty. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. Just look for songs on trial, please. Okay, I love you. Make good choices. Starting off the second half of the show here, we're in 1979 with Sheriff from The Sheriff and the Satellite Kid, which is a Bud Spencer buddy comedy in a way where he plays a sheriff who's basically trying to protect a extraterrestrial boy who's come to Earth. And so this is before E.T. Like, E.T.'s 82, right? Um... So I, maybe this is kind of riffing on Close Encounters or something else like that. I don't quite know. It, it, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around something coming from the Italian film industry that's wholly original. You know, just forms whole cloth out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, I don't know quite exactly, but there's a sequel, too, from 1980 um, called Everything Happens to Me. But, um, yeah, that I actually kind of intrigued to watch these at some point moving on we have the main theme from the shark hunter from 1979 this is a interesting franco nero one where franco nero is the kind of guy who uh if he sees a shark he'll run from the beach out into the water tackle that shark and punch the fuck out of it um but i he's you know he's a capable guy who sort of lives on his own and he gets involved with uh, mobsters trying to find treasure or something along those lines. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's pretty fun, uh, I seem to recall, and I'm probably going to be doing that film at some point on a uh, podcast. Uh, spoilers. Um, moving on, we have Descent into the Abyss from Alien 2 on Earth. Oh boy. Uh, an alien ripoff, but in name only, basically. Um... It's probably got more in common with aliens, although this, you know, precedes aliens. But, um, yeah, I'll just just an excuse to have people killed by slimy alien monstrosities, and it has nothing to do with the actual film Alien, although, you know, it's the Italian film industry. They want to make you believe it does. Moving on, we got some more shark action. we got Sequence 6 and Sequence 8 from The Last Shark, which is uh, Enzio G. Castellari, Jaws ripoff, that... It's one of those films that got, like, in hot water for a while. Like, you can't show this film because you're just ripping off Jaws kind of idea. But um, I seem to recall this one is not a great film, but it's kind of fun. And it's got... Um, oh, who does it got? Uh, man. Okay, I'm totally blanking again. I should have wrote this down. The, the, the guy playing Quint in this... Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's fine. Um, it's, it's fun. You should actually check it out. And then we're going to finish off this block of songs with the main theme for Banana Joe, another Bud Spencer vehicle where he just plays an easygoing, tough guy who uh, just wants to, you know, oversee his banana farm, I guess. And 
mobsters want to fuck with them. Mobsters are eternally wanting to fuck with Bud Spencer, and it never works out for them. Will those mobsters ever learn? No, they won't.
final block of songs coming here and I remembered who I was thinking of in The Last Shark Vic Morrow, there you go who was doing all kinds of Italian stuff right around this period and uh, seemingly having a pretty good go of it Uh, I don't know if he was enjoying it but uh, he was doing really well in some of these exploitation films and horror films and I quite enjoyed it Uh, unfortunately John Landis killed him and two children thanks John Landis, you piece of shit Anyway, moving on, we got our final block of songs here. We're going to look at Fantasy from Bomber from 1982. This is another Bud Spencer comedy. This one, he plays an ex-boxer. I think he ends up fighting mobsters. I don't quite recall, but I think he does. Uh, Moving on, 
we got some good uh, Mac, Mad Max ripoff here with sequence one from 2019 after the fall of New York. This has George Eastman playing a half monkey, half man, I seem to recall, of some sort, called Big Ape. Uh, so there you go, you got that. And I think it ends with a rocket ship going to the moon or something. So it's got everything going on. Um, moving on, we got a little bit of late period uh, giallo here with the main theme from A Blade in the Dark from 83. And then... We're going to finish off with two gems from 83, and I figured I'd cut off at about 83. There is some other stuff I probably could have found, but it would have took way too much digging. So I feel like 83, mid-80s is kind of where they, you know, the D'Angelo's brothers sort of stopped giving a shit because they were kind of getting disinterested in working in the industry anymore after doing so much and not really getting recognized as much as they had hoped, uh, which is a shame. Um, so, you know, they went, you know, they went into other directions by about 1990 and didn't come back till the two thousands to do like reunion concerts and, and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, this, this seems to be pretty much the end of their classic output. I'd, I'd say is about 83, is around the cutoff point. But uh, we do have two really cool selections from uh, 83 to finish off here. We've got Black Inferno from the Raiders of Atlantis, a.k.a. Atlantis Inferno. If you have not seen this film, you got to go to your way to see it. It is a trash fucking classic. It is just fucking bonkers. Um, and the soundtrack is great even though it's just basically this song and this song without vocals. But there you go. Um, and then we have the final battle from Yor, the hunter from the future. And this is an interesting soundtrack. It's a very big soundtrack, and it's like split down the middle. John Scott does the first half of the soundtrack, and then Oliver Onions does the second half of the soundtrack. I don't know why. I could not um, really discern why that happened. I'm sure there. I'm sure it's somewhere out there why why that happened, but um, I just didn't get the time to do enough digging, I guess. But uh, this is good stuff. You can definitely tell the difference between Oliver Onions and John Scott's work. John Scott's work is very or orchestral in this, whereas Oliver Onions are just going for the electronic weirdness and fun stuff, the sense just blaring, you know, and um, it's like night and day. It's like a totally different soundtrack. It's like two totally different soundtracks got squished together. But there you go. I Again, I hope you guys really enjoyed this series. I enjoyed putting it together. Um, I have a couple ideas floating around for what I'm going to do next. It's probably not going to be as intensive as, <laughs> as uh, this series has been. Uh, I'm probably going to be lazy for the summer months and maybe just do a couple easy episodes that I can knock off really quickly. Uh, I hope that doesn't disappoint anyone who maybe likes some of the research I do and some of the deep digging I do, but um, I'm going to need to take a little bit of a break from going too hard into this stuff, but uh, I hope you guys understand. hope you guys keep coming back to listen and enjoy it, because I enjoy putting it together. So cheers, guys, and we'll see you next episode. Fantasy, 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 fantasy. Why am I so just standing there? I knew you 
you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further episodes of this podcast or our other podcasts, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. 